Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. They've just got some of the best tunes and uh, things and dancing from Mark Reddings. That's the Southern River Band. G'day, Skate. How are you? G'day, Skate. What? I just laugh at you. Rock of the head around like you're in the 1970s. Well, like I have hair. Well, just like you're in the 1970s and just going, and I love it. It's just, it's cool. It's brilliant. It's it's you. It's a, it, Oh, there it, we go. Mark Reddings has described me as joke. cool on the Shelter footy cast. You are here in Backchat Studios. Uh, all thanks to Shelter. We do a preview, a review Monday and Thursday. It is Monday today, so we're doing a review of round 17. It was a big round for WA footy and the rest of the round, so we do get through it all scared on this show. We do indeed, and look, we both had a little less sleep than normal because we watched the Wimbledon yeah. final last night. Look, I was you're on Dry July, I thought. Dry July as well, so it's just a, a funky week and a month for me. So uh, what I'd look, last night going into the Wimbledon final, I thought that Nick Kyrgios was a bit of a knucklehead, a bit of a tool. Uh, four hours later, I sat back, watched the final, yes. and, uh, and my thoughts were confirmed. <laughs> he's still a knucklehead. <laughs> he played well. He played really good tennis, but he's a knucklehead. But what was he doing? What was he? I, 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 okay, so I, I throughout the week, not only on this show, and I was yeah. all team Kyrgios, right? Oh, no. I, was, I was pumping him up. So I, I just wanted an Aussie to go well, but... What was he actually going on about for as long as I watched? I had to turn it off, and he was abusing his people the entire time. It was and extraordinary. He'd, so make, he'd miss a, a volley or miss a, a backhand cross court. He'd look at the at box and point at them <laughs> as, as if, if they'd played the shot. <laughs> so he's a complete tool. I'm going to be honest, first time watching an event like that that I was barracking for really? a non Australian. And just because of his demand, he just. You know, and the umpire you got a code violation. Djokovic just thought, "I'll just sit back, shut my mouth, and let him implode." He yeah, did it beautifully. It was strange stuff. Anyway, we're going to get down to the footy here on the Shelter Footy Car. Shelterbrewing.com.au. You can find all the stuff there. You can find us on Shelter on Shelters. Is that? I think that's what I was going to say. You can find us on socials, Shelter Footy Cast, or send us an email, Footycast at Shelterbrewing.com.au. Um. <laughs> Oh, Going no. beautifully. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'll get the words out of my mouth. I need a couple of shelters to get me going today. Uh, it's all bore. <laughs> 
do, do I almost start again here, Skate? You can, do, uh, you can uh, go uh, with your life. I'm you. not starting again, but I'll tell you what. I'm going to get my words out of my mouth. I interviewed Charlie Kerno out in the middle of the uh, Optus Stadium yesterday. Dropped a big F-bomb in front of me on live national TV. Did your heart sink immediately when you hear that? No, I actually was proud of my reaction. I just went – I I, I – Laughed, I gave it, and I went straight to the next question. I felt bad for him, like, yeah. shot, like, because I mean, he's a young. Uh, well, he's not he's that young anymore. Four yeah. or five, isn't he? Yeah, I, I just don't know if if uh, f bombs are as big of a deal maybe as ten years ago. No, because every ago. second footballer hasn't yes. got the brains to to shut their mouth <laughs> and not say one when they're in the middle of an interview. I mean, it's not that difficult, Scoey. Just, well, it's like just pretend you're speaking to your grandmother. I'm just making the point that sometimes it's hard to get the words that are in your brain out oh. of your mouth. Okay. Yeah, no, well, that's that's clearly the case. And look, Charlie, we'll talk about him, but yes, a little faux pas. All right, let's go. Let's get into the West Australian side of things. Um, before we get there, wanted to promo a bit of an event happening down at Shelter Brewing Co. Belters at Shelter. Nice little uh, play on words there. Now, you like that. Now, Thursday the 21st of July, so not that far away, 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. Need you to get along to the Shelter Brewing Co. for a rowdy evening of singing, drinks, food. I'm pretty sure there's a silent disco there for Mark Reddings to get along to. That's right. Uh, all put together by Perth Open Mike. It's $65 a ticket. Head to cabinfeverfest.com.au for tickets. So this is what you're going to get down there. What do you Scott? get for all this money? You get all your food. So we're talking we're talking canapes. So we're talking prawns. We're talking freshly shucked oysters. No, she didn't say prawn brioche because you weren't quite sure of the pronunciation. Sliders, pizza pockets, and heaps more snacks. We've got spice ciders on arrival. We've got singing. So we've got a bit of sing-alongs. Yep. We've got a silent disco upstairs, like I said. I think I'll find you upstairs, headphones on. No? No, 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 we'll keep going, but I'll just keep rolling through and I'll tell you what I'll do. No, Gu- you don't tell me what I'm doing Gu- at this function. Gu- guitar heroes there. Uh, do you know what guitar hero is? I don't no think idea. DJ providing fresh tunes. That's my go. Photo booth. It's all there. It's down at Shelter Brewing Co. Shelter, shelters and belters. Belters at Shelters, you got it. July 21 on a yes. Thursday. And look, and there's a bit of a karaoke theme and some Aussie pub, uh, Aussie pub hits yes. to be sung. I think, I think one, it's become the number one, I think, in, in pubs if you're doing a bit of a sing-along. I think Daryl Braithwaite's Horses has become that yes. sort of iconic, because everyone can sing along to the words, it's not too complicated. It just, it's, um, of course, made its big name sporting-wise at the Cox Plate, and it's just become uh, a huge hit for Daryl Braithwaite. So, uh, and you know what? He wasn't even the original artist for that song. Who was? A lady called Ricky Lee Jones, going back many moons ago. So it's a it's a takeoff of that song. Uh, yes. Yeah, so so you'll, be, you'll be front and centre horses. Well, that's, that's the one that I think gets the fans up and running. Okay, very good. Big moment of WA footy. Let's get into it. Josh Kennedy's 700th goal for West Coast. We both saw that yesterday at the footy. Uh, he, it was a bit of an anti-climax. He kicked his 700th, gave it to the crowd, touched. Yeah. And then booze rang around the stadium. I, that's one reason why I don't like the review. Like we, we, we like it because it gives the correct result, and that was touched. But it takes away from the theatre sometimes. You know, if someone kicks their first goal or if there's a big game-changing you know, goal kicked, I don't love that. And, like, and Josh thought he'd kick his 700th and gave it, and then... Well, so did I, because I was commentating at the yes. time, and I gave it absolutely everything. <laughs> and then, of course, the review came, and I had to put the, the nice couple of one-liners in my pocket. So, yeah, you're right. It takes away from the theatre of it. Yeah. It was a touch ball. He got a, a beautiful delivery inside 50 uh, not long after. Kicks the goal from 40 out directly in front. And as you said, that's been just his little... 
Just a little target for him for some time. He's got 700-plus career goals, but now this is 700 just for the Eagles. Does this put him into best ever territory for the West Coast Eagles? Best ever player. Best to ever play. Has to be... Look, has to be top 10. Yeah. Oh, no, he's top... Oh, no. He's has to be top, top 10. Top I'm 10. just... Not, but has to be considered top five or six now, I think. I think he could... So, so I've got Chris Judd as my best ever Eagle Do that you? I've ever seen. Yeah, I, he's the best... Ever eagle that I've seen. But that's longevity. Not talking longevity. He's the guy that I will always put at number one is the best I've seen. That's what I say about Lewis Jetta, right? People, people question me. No, a bit of difference between Lewis Jetta in, in terms of what, what I know. Achieved, but I'm, yeah, but that's what I mean. It's 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 the metrics of it. Like yeah. Lewis, Lewis Jetta didn't win a Brownlow or you know, no. Best and Ferris or anything like that. But he's the best eagle I've seen. Right? Yeah. He's, did, did things that people couldn't do, and and that's what I say. So I reckon Chris Judd's a bit in that ilk. I mean, he just didn't play his whole career there. So how can you say he's the best ever eagle? But he's the best, in my opinion. He, he there for how long? Six, seven, eight years, whatever yeah. it was. I, and I just think he's anyway. The ask the question was Josh Kennedy, and yes, I think you comfortably put him in the top six. Who else? Jakovic, Jakovic, uh, Matera. Yep. Cousins gets a mention. Kemp could West McKen- maybe. Uh, not Captain, sure. Yeah. Captain coach. Like, well, we're talking players, I yeah, thought. Okay. Yeah, so anyway, look, it, it's a fair argument. Josh Kennedy deserves to be, you know, 700 goals. The next best at the Eagles is Peter Simich with, I think, 512 or something like that. Yes. No, he passed it a long time ago. So, been a terrific player, great bloke too, deserves everything that comes to him. Noah Anderson <laughs> kicks the goal after the siren to win. Have you ever called uh, an after the siren goal? I think I might have from memory, but this one, I got home from doing the waffle and sat down. They were still two goals down with about two minutes to go. Yeah. And, of course, Marvia Scholl uh, gets a goal and they push it forward. Uh, Day t- takes the mark. Yep. Uh, in the which, was, which is underrated in this whole play. Because most people would say, okay, I'll go back and try and kick an impossible goal. He looked back in the corridor and found uh, Anderson and just fast forward, kicks a really nice goal. The interview afterwards was fascinating because he said, oh, I had visions of my under-13 days when yeah. uh, I missed a goal in a semi-final. He said, I was barrack for Richmond growing up. So there were a lot of factors that made that a quite a special moment. Yeah, and th- that's what makes the post-match interviews really good when you get insight like that because that's what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. He, I don't think he was making that up for the media. So no. to actually hear what he was thinking going through that, what's going through your mind, like I've seen – a few now, like Luke Shuey kicked one, Jeremy McGovern kicked one, both against Port Adelaide. Nick Nanui kicked one against North Melbourne. Yep. Took a huge, huge pack mark at Subiaco. I mean, Justin Longmills kicked one going back many moons ago yeah. against uh, the Saints. Oh, look, it's a, it's a great, great moment. Um, you don't remember the ones that miss, though, do you? Like, I, I can't remember guys that have No, missed. you don't. I mean, there's blokes that have missed them. They have, and I'm trying to think of uh, – I'm thinking of one, uh, Stephen Kernahan going back 100 years against Essendon at the MCG. Uh, scores were level. He just needed to score. He was 40 metres out. On the full? Out of bounds on the full. No, absolutely. <laughs> one of the goals, great goal kickers as well. Oh, yeah. Games. But that was just uh, – yeah. so that, you're right. Those moments are there, but Noah Anderson. And let's be honest, and I think this was part of it, um, the Stuart Jew – Resign. I think yeah. just a bit of galvanisation of the of the group, which was terrific to see. And we both want Gold Coast to succeed. Well, I don't because I pick Richmond, but you pick Gold Coast, so we'll get into that <laughs> a little bit. You know, here's the difference. I didn't text you with some stupid emoji <laughs> at five minutes past five. 14 and 1, uh, seventh place on the ladder. <laughs> Someone did tweet that, though. Yeah, 14 and 2 now. Perfect. Okay, Fremantle and West Coast wraps. Let's get into Frio first. Really big win for this club. Fremantle defeats St Kilda by 41 points. We both tip Frio. Absolute no-brainer there. Look, I, I think going over to Melbourne, playing a St Kilda side at Marvel Stadium, 
it'll be underrated. It won't go next to beating Melbourne at the G or Geelong in Geelong. But they've won some big games away from home, which as a travelling side, games like this, uh, you're talking about ga- galvanising. Like this will galvanise the Frio Footy Club more than people realise because St Kilda had a lot to play for and they still do. But uh, to get up and win, to be down at half time, to change a little bit of what they were doing, terrific win. Yeah, and the coaching... Uh, staff got together at, at half time and made those adjustments, which was really important. I mean, we'll talk about Nat Fife in depth a bit later, but what they were able to achieve after the break was outstanding. They just put the f- foot to the floor in the third quarter. Uh, terrific effort. You talk about wins away from home. That's what makes you a top two, top four side. When you can beat Melbourne at the MCG, Geelong at Geelong, mm-hmm. St Kilda at Marvel, if you can get four, five, six of those wins, that gives you ample opportunity to get the 15, 16, 17 wins to to push into that that top echelon. So really outstanding. Of course, they had a really blow with Alex Pierce going out with a calf, which yeah. uh, sent a bit of a, a shiver through the, the whole team. Um, but, you know, with Mark Frederick, um, really quick and decisive inside 50, and that five we'll talk about, uh, and Andy Brayshaw, I mean, we're, is it because we're in WA, we're thinking, are people on the East Coast thinking he ha- is a Brownlow well, contender he, slash favourite? He has to be. Well, who else gets votes at Fremantle? Seriously, like... Um, I don't know. Sarong gets some when he plays well. But Andy Brayshaw is a standout player at Frio because they've got such a you know, a strong team. I think he's a huge, huge chance for the Brownlow medal. And given that he's been able to do it, you know, week in, week out as well, he's averaging over thirty touches a game this this year. Outstanding. And he's one of those players that you can just see the umpires, well hopefully they notice him, but just gets about his business, doesn't cause a ruffle, doesn't yep. argue with anyone, just just plays footy. Um, lot to like about the young man in many ways. Talking about things that they change, Nat Five starts as a forward, which I think he should spend a fair bit of time down there. But it did look like in the second half he had some big moments as a midfielder, and it was it was sort of the first time I've seen you know the big dogs back. You know, it's sort of um, he he spoke about after the game. I did see him speak about he's you know he didn't have the confidence in his body to play in the midfield over the first couple of games back because of the hits you get in the midfield. And it's fair enough, really, coming back off a back injury. Um, but to see him in there in that second half, he did some stuff that it was right, okay, Nat Fife, big dog, here we go, like big-time player, that he's he's a piece to that puzzle at Fremantle that they haven't had. They haven't had that, you know, the big dog, the guy that sort of is the man. If he can do that in stages and when it's required, that'll make them a better team, yeah. not... not trying to be the guy all the time. Exactly. It takes the pressure off if he doesn't have to do it for 100 minutes of the match, and he does it when required. Uh, he didn't pull the trigger, as you said, the coaching staff. Uh, they were down 10-2 in the centre clearances in the first half, so that that was an indication of where they were at. They only trailed by eight points. Their defence, really, in the end, stood up, as it has done for most of the year. And as you say, that their forward line, that their, their confidence grew in the third, and, and look, they kick away, and they, they win pretty comfortably against a team that, as I said, I, I was going to the match, thought that St Kilda were a bit flaky, yep. and that, I guess, proved to be the case. Not that they were terrible, but second half, they were outclassed. Yeah, well, they, they keep Max King and Membry. Now, my Membry's not the class of King, but to keep them both to two goals each, their defence held up. Um, I heard Brett, Brett Ratton speak before the game, Rated Fremantle's defence back line is the best in the league. So that rings true, um, even without an Alex Pierce. So Griffin Logue plays a, a bigger role in the back line. Actually, just remembering right now, spoke to Jamie Graham pre-game, and I asked him directly. I spoke about Griffin Logue, because we're a big fan of Griffin Logue's here at Backchat Studios and the Shelter Footy Cast. I asked him where he'd play, and he told me, 
look me in the eyes, even though it was a radio interview, he will be playing <laughs> forward this week. But he he would have known Alex Pierce wasn't playing. So I'm going to have to give Jamie Graham a nice Jamie Graham doesn't seem like one of those guys that would tell you porkies, but he obviously saw you and thought, oh, here's an easy target. I'll just uh, <laughs> give Scully a bit of... Uh, <laughs> Let's hope for uh, my sake and Jamie Graham's sake that it was just a calf in the warm-up. Maybe he didn't know. I reckon he would have known that. That's I, I like that. You got. To, I reckon you got to pay that. That's very good. Uh, there you go, Fremantle. Great win away from home. Carlton v West Coast. Now we both worked this game as we spoke about. I was out in the ground getting f bombs from players. You're up in the stands calling on radio. Carlton defeat West Coast by sixty three points in the end. Well, it's a weird game. Five goals to nothing in the first quarter. Carlton's way. Yeah. Seven goals to nothing in the last quarter. Carlton's way. Fantastic second term by the Eagles, kicking seven goals. And then the third quarter was a real arm wrestle where both sides, it was good contested footy. So, look, for, I guess, I just always look at the ladder. And the Carlton were there for a reason in, what, fifth position, West Coast 17th. And the lapses by West Coast, their best was very good. Yep. Their worst was obviously what we've seen on, on countless occasions this year. That first quarter was as almost as bad as what we saw against the Sydney Swans by the Eagles. Listen to this stat. You'll like this. Inside 50s? No. Well, inside 50s, I'll get into them in a little bit. But it's the first team since 1919 to go scoreless in both the first and last quarters. It hasn't happened in over 100 years. That's a good stat. Yeah. Is so that Sir Swamp or is that... Yeah, uh, of course it is Sir Swampy. So uh, that's on the back of, I think, a few other factors, contested ball a little bit, but inside 50s. So the first quarter, it was 24 inside 50s to two. You can't score if it doesn't go inside your 50. And then in the last quarter, it was 20 to four. Yeah. So West Coast has six inside 50s to 44 in a half a footy. It, 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 you just can't do it. And um, saw Adam Simpson go put a big rocket through the group at quarter time, which... which did get a reaction, which I think was a positive thing, but they then fall away in the in the last quarter. Uh, for most of West Coast season, I can't quite put fingers on how that happens. Uh, the, only, the best I can do is the experience factor, but to fall right away like that um, speaks a little bit to Carlton as well. They really lifted. Walsh had a huge quarter. Sam Doherty had a huge quarter. Mackay had a huge quarter. Who was it was held pretty well by uh, Tommy Brass. For most of it, it was good matchups uh, ahead of the footy. Kerno kicks five, Mackay kicks five, but I actually think Tom Barras and Harry Edwards did a pretty good job. They left the matchups. The what was the it inside 50, 70? Yeah, you're going to get a chance, aren't you? Especially the probably the the best forward pairing in the competition. Um, you, you know, as a backman, you don't want to walk off the ground with ten goals kicked against two of your key backs. But I don't know how much they could have stopped some of that stuff. I mean, Carlton. All things being equal, the defence still a little bit shaky at times. Weedering's important to have him back in there, yeah. but they, they've they got the bones, the structure to go deep into September. So, you know, they're, they're still an evolving team, so don't get me wrong, I don't think they can win it, but I think they can... can if, like, if they win a final this year, I know it's sort of underplaying where they are at, but if they can win a final this year, that, that's a, a really good stepping stone for hopefully building for next year. And um, I guess the question I'd like to ask you is, Shannon Hearn, really good performance again yesterday, Andrew Gaff was good, He's definitely gone next year, is he? Definitely, no, absolutely not. Okay, no. so I so think we Josh, Josh Kennedy, Josh is. Kennedy, done. So what do they do with Shannon? You're saying it'll be his call or the club or, or a bit of uh, obviously a bit of both. So Josh Kennedy, like I spoke to him on back chat. I've seen him in public. He, he, I'm pretty sure it's very public knowledge. He said this yep. is his last year, right? Shannon Hearn will play until he's told not to play. 
That's how Shannon Hearn is. He's a different guy to Josh Kennedy. Uh, always has been. His body, though, is in reasonable shape. He was, he was probably West Coast best player. Yeah. Wasn't he? So uh, he, 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 he hasn't missed a, missed a lot of time with injury. He broke his leg oh, back in 2010. And the bottom line is you can't just get rid of mass player. I mean, you still need just that, that sprinkling of experience. He, if gonna- he's not the sort of player you you get rid of. If you're going to do spring cleaning, it's not your oldest player on the list who's been a captain, a premiership captain, yep. grand finals. He's the guy that can be a coach while playing. It's probably guys in the mid-tier that aren't as old, 30 years old sort of areas that you might look to move or get a draft pick for or you're not moving on him. If he wants to be done and dusted into the sunset, great, but I reckon he'll play on next year. Uh, good win, Mike Carlton. Poor by West Coast in a half, but that's how it goes. Not bad. That's the West Coast, uh, the West Coast and Fremantle wraps. Uh, let's get into the rest of the round. Geelong defeat Melbourne by twenty-eight points. Both pick Geelong down at the Cattery. Oh, well, well, that's why are you saying that with surprise? That they because, generally because win. you and I are shit tippers. That's why. No, that's true. But I sat back Thursday night, and it was a good game of footy. Deserved to be classified as a final at stages. And the Cats, let's be honest, they deserve to win. They dominated yep. large portions of it. Paddy Dangerfield, they've just timed his return pretty well. Yep. He was terrific, I thought, just gave them that momentum. Gary Rowan back in the forward line added a dynamic that I kind of had forgotten Geelong didn't have. Like They've had Stengel um, with Hawkins and Cameron, but Gary Rowan is that hybrid, um, you know, tall and small. Like he can take a mark, contested mark, but he can put the pressure on like a small guy. I thought him in the forward line added something to Geelong that you know perhaps they haven't had for a bit. No question. Look, there's a bit of concern about Melbourne. Let's be honest. We've mm. all seen them play excellent footy, and then I think they've lost now five of their past seven or something. It's yeah. been a, a little worrying patch. And I guess the biggest concern for me, if you're if you're a Melbourne supporter, they kicked 63 points on Thursday night. Now they last month they just haven't been able to kick a score. Yeah. Now whether they're Forwards aren't getting enough supply, whether their forwards are out of form. I'm not sure, but they're just – I mean, Fritz is not playing as well as we, we well, saw last year. There's a couple of factors to it. Melbourne's Melbourne's forward line isn't why they've been a good side. No. Their midfield gets them the ball. And, you know, I, I, I talk about Ben Brown a bit, but he's no superstar. Bailey Fritch is great when um, there's free supply from the midfield, but he's not a big power key forward, is he? He's still going to kick – more than 10, 10 goals a game, and they were earlier in the season, and but it's just dried up for them. And I just don't know. I don't know whether the, the forward the forwards have never been a big factor at Melbourne, and so their their midfield's not getting the ball in there, and so they look average. Oh yeah, they? it they, might be lack of supply, but irrespective, there's something not right. Not to say not right. Yeah. There's something that's they're not just playing changed. Like, yeah. Well, they're not playing like the best side in the competition. Who I've been pretty bullish that they still are, but the the chemistry, the connection. The supply from the midfield, the back line has been disrupted at stages with May coming in and out. Um, that that they look a bit shaky there, especially against good sides with good forward line. Then Geelong's probably got one of the top two forward lines in the competition. Yeah, so they they looked vulnerable at stages as well. So it's a bit of a holistic thing for Melbourne, isn't it? I agree with you. You said it last week. I still think if you're going to pick. A team, grand final day, MCG, yep. should they get there? I think what we saw against Brisbane on a Thursday night a few weeks ago, I thought, gee, now this team at their best still, very much, if not uh, on grand final day, they'll be going pretty deep. So, no, I wouldn't be... They're just not at premium level. No, but you don't have to be in round 17, round 18, but you just want to be in that trajectory. 
Oliver, a bit of a thumb injury and some maybe some little issues at the MRP. I'm not quite sure, but... Joel Selwood, do you mean? Yes, Joel Selwood, correct. Kicking in danger? Yes, correct. Correct. Kicked Oliver's thumb. I, I wonder if How it's How do you get suspended for that? Uh, you can't. No, you can't. I did hear something about potential eye gouge by someone. I don't know who it was. I'm not going to throw anyone. No, you place. heard something, so yeah. it's an exclusive. But, yeah, we won't divulge names. Which side? A Geelong player or a Melbourne player? Uh, Melbourne player. Yeah, to be possibly charged yeah, just, with gouging. Yeah, potentially, but I, I don't know if that's coming across just yet, so I won't go too heavier with that. But it, I, if Oliver's broken his thumb, that can be a six-week injury. Yeah, and, and also, that, that's just, how you do it. just quickly, yes. uh, that, I'm not saying it rules him out of the brown lobe, and it's only a, a side issue here, but gee, that that's a, a big big game changer when it comes to the fairest and best in the AFL. Are we... Um, I'm going to just ride Andy Brayshaw to a brown on this show for the rest of the season. What do you reckon? I reckon we just get on him. He's our boy. Just feed him shelters, or maybe for love him, season. love him, and you know what? how good would that be? Uh, and then Nat Fife wouldn't be the only bloke strutting around at Coburn with a medal. It'd be good to have a, another Docker Dockers player with a medal, but it's a bit of work to be done. We've banged on about this game for a little bit, so we're going to have to move on. But Isaac Smith in his two fiftieth, I did flag it was going to be a big game for him. He had twenty two touches, kicked one goal, one. So I thought that was a pretty good call by me. Yes, outstanding, Scully. Nothing like self-praise. <laughs> Sydney defeat Western Bulldogs by 53 points. Absolutely bloodbath. Both pick Sydney. All over early. Western Bulldogs look rubbish. They yeah. actually look rubbish. Because we keep thinking they're going to get back to that 2021 yeah. form. Maybe they will. <laughs> Too late. They're done. They're gone. Really? Can't, well, they can't win it. And they make the finals? Nah, possibly. But they'll be just making up the numbers. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, no, it's right. But this Sydney team, who you keep trying to write off, you do, I think you do. I think just their inconsistency means they're not one of the better sides in the comp. I think they're one one spot out of the top four. Yeah, I just don't. Th- well, so how consistent do you think they've been? Yeah, not just. I mean, just, <laughs> you know, there's been just too yeah. many dips. Now that's not to say on their day they can't be very good. We saw them against Melbourne MCG. They've had some really good days. Yes, but to get rolled by Essendon last week, yeah, look. The best is very good. Yeah, I think so. We're going to move on from this one pretty quickly. But Callum Mills was very good, back to his best. He had a quiet game the week before, but he was uh, good again. Um, Heaney kicked four. Uh, he's been inconsistent. He's he's one reason why Sydney has been inconsistent. I, I, I'd like to see him around the footy more. Like, he kicks four goals and he's a great forward for them. But around the footy, he adds something that I think that's perhaps they lack when they're inconsistent, when they play poorly. Their midfield kind of falls away and you don't really see the stars. Um, so maybe him up there, but he kicks four, Marty kicks two, Franklin two, Papley two. They had pretty even contribution across the board. Collingwood defeat North Melbourne by seven points. Both picked Collingwood. We both almost ended up with egg on our faces. Well, not one tipster in Australia tipped North Melbourne, <laughs> so we were in pretty good company. <laughs> well, it was a strange game. I don't know how Collingwood... Won it, to be honest. I well, don't know how North lost because they were up by oh, 26 points, fourth quarter. Yeah, but you never, you'd never feel safe as a North Melbourne supporter at the moment. The just belief is just low. And, and you're right, Collingwood, it was a grinding win and one that – look, they've been up for a while, though, the Magpies, let's be yeah. honest. So to get across the line under those circumstances, I think, pretty good. Um, I just want to touch on, you know, like, side bottle kicked a couple, Cameron kicked three. Jack Ginnivan. Now, he's, if you were playing against him, oh. he's one bloke that you wouldn't mind giving away a free kick for very high contact. And he's drawing he's drawn more free kicks in that fashion, primarily, 17 free kicks this season. And we know that Joel Selwood, Luke Shuey in the past, there have been players that have been very good at extracting the high contact. This young bloke is doing exceptionally well. And there's even calls out of some quarters to say that the rules should be changed, that if you drop to your knees or you raise the arm, that the free kick should be just 
looked away and just play on is the call. I'm not sure about your thoughts on that, but it's he's done it brilliantly. Now, whether he's just using the rules to the advantage that, that are presented in front of him or whether we need to change something that, you know, no one likes seeing free kicks given away like that. No, do not change anything because then where's the line, okay, if you're – if you're, uh, you know, the diving forward in the back ones, or if you spin and someone catches your high, is spinning okay? Is you, you can't you can't stand still and cop a tackle. Now you might expect me, backman, angry backman, when I was playing too, that seeing someone like Inovan, uh, you know, play for these free kicks, I'd, I'd, you know, be saying, yeah, change the rules. I think. I think it's great. He's doing what he should be doing. He's a small forward trying to kick goals. He he knows when contact's coming. He's smarter than the stupid defenders trying to ca- catch He's him. He's just not that kid in the schoolyard that yeah, you annoys the yeah, hell out of him. Yeah, you want to bash him. You want to <laughs> bash him. But you can't change the rules because he's he's playing within them. No, I agree. I, I agree. But there have been has been talk yeah, about... Crazy. Because he's able to... But I, I still... Even... doesn't matter who you support. I, I hate seeing free kicks. We saw a couple yesterday yeah. at Optus Stadium. Well, you know Good luck, that, that Zach you know, Fisher. Well played. Good luck to um, anyone who gets that high contact. You know they're playing for it. Exactly. It's, yeah. Is it a good look? No, uh, it's not. But yeah, uh, Glenn Jackovic said to me, it's, "You've got to change your technique. You've got to try and corral them." I'm not sure it's that easy. And I've been out there, but I'm not sure it's that easy yeah. in the heat of the moment. It's it's not, but it it is on the tackler. It's, yeah, of course. It's just like the the bloke with the ball. It's on them to try to evade. It's on the tackler to try and tackle appropriately. Now, sometimes you don't get it right as the evader, right? You get done holding the ball. Sometimes you don't get it right as a tackler. I think it's a part of footy, and we continue on. Um, good game. I don't see. I don't see uh, North Melbourne winning another game this year. They play Richmond, Hawthorne, Essendon, Sydney, Adelaide, Gold Coast. I don't see them winning another game this season. Maybe Adelaide, but that yeah, they could beat my ten goals with them a few weeks ago. So probably not. Uh, so they'll finish last, West Coast second last, because uh, of course with Essendon winning on the weekend, yeah, uh, full stop. GWS is sort of coming back to West Coast. Maybe West Coast knock a couple off. No, oh, they can't. They're going to finish second last. Okay, there you go. Thank you very much. Gold Coast defeat Richmond by two. Game of the round this one. Uh, Richmond again, just like North Melbourne. I don't actually know how they lost this game with four goals up. Yeah, and then with a minute to go, they were still two goals up. It's, I was crying. You're crying <laughs> with laughter. <laughs> so uh, they kick a goal after the siren, which we spoke about with Noah Anderson. But Castagna uh, is running into an open goal. Not long left in the game. Two on one. Uh, his his opponent is in front of him. Uh, it was Ballard, uh, and he was on his man in the goal square. Left his man diving smother across Castagna, and it went through the goals. Castagna had the first gamer in the goal square. Little Joe the Goose over the top didn't give it. You'll be, I reckon Castagna will be lying in bed the next couple of nights, not sleeping very well. Big loss for Richmond because, yeah. I mean, they, they, I still regard them if they make the eight, they're the team you don't want to play in an elimination final. Yeah. Um, particularly the MCG, obviously, if yeah. it, it falls that way. But yeah, that's a game that will really sting Damien Hardwick. Conversely, for Stuart Jew, the belief. What they've shown here, Marby Scholl with three goals. Ainsworth was outstanding. We know Anderson kicked two very important goals. Shea Bolton with three alongside uh, Revolt. Uh, Richmond, a game they will look back on at the end of this season with a lot of regret. That was a big turnaround game. So these two sides sit pretty close on the ladder now. Gold Coast are one game out of the eight. They're with Port Adelaide and the Western Bulldogs on 32 points, while St Kilda and Richmond are eighth and ninth on 36 points. So they're the group of five that I think I think everyone else is locked in, I reckon. I reckon Sydney will make it, Collingwood, Carlton, Brisbane, everyone else will make it. But those five... Who makes the final 
two spots out of Richmond, St Kilda, Bulldogs, Gold Coast, Port Adelaide. <laughs> I, think, I think Port Adelaide don't. On form, though, Port Adelaide to me <laughs> and Richmond are the two sides that I think are worthy of of challenging at the end of the season. I'd love to see Gold Coast. Yeah, that'd be the ideal. A bit like 95 when uh, the Brisbane Bears back then surged into the finals. They played Carlton first week, were brave at the MCG. The Blues went on to win the flag. But you'd like to see a change up in the Gold Coast. It'd be great for the the sport up in that that part of the world. Tom Lynch has done his hammy. Looked like a decent one too. He was pretty distraught uh, on the bench there as well. So that's a big loss. Yeah, big big player for Richmond. Yeah, so if they're going to be if they're going to be challenged come finals time. They need a Tom Lynch, no doubt. Jack Rewalt's getting too old. No, no question about that. Uh, Port Adelaide, of course, as we mentioned, defeating the Giants by fifty five points. No real surprise here. Port Adelaide too strong. Uh, kept them to only three goals for the game. That shows you a bit strange. Given I didn't see much of the match because of uh, we were doing another game at the time. I think, um, but I was watching the Dockers game. That's right. Um, the issue with them is three goals. They've been quite productive under Mark McVay, but yeah, it really dried up for them. And I want to talk about Connor Rosie. Yep. Look, he's, what did he kick, four goals. He's, he's, we know he's exciting. He's had some injury issues, but he he's a talent. I saw a stat come across uh, socials over the weekend that uh, he is the most informed player in the competition. Now, you might ask, how do you how do you come up with that? that yeah. So Champion Data have this stat where they uh, compare a player's average performance and output uh, across their career to the current games that they're playing. And they, they take about a four-week period. And he, compared to the the rest of his career, is the most informed player in the competition. He sits sort of above a few others. And I think it's on the back of how he's playing, obviously. He's going through the midfield a lot more than he ever has done. And he's kicking goals from the midfield as well. They have Zach Butters come back into the team. And Butters and Rose, they kind of... Remind me a bit of each other. They're like a little little bit similar, but Rosie's playing a lot more midfield time. He's playing in a side where they got a Brownlow medalist in there, Ollie Wines. Mm. Uh, Travis Bokes, an experienced campaigner, who runs through there as well. But he's kind of the flair. He's the the guy that you know can do the fancy things. He can do the special play. He can kick the goals. Um, building a, a decent career, but this year's been a breakout year for him. Uh, it's whether or not Port Adelaide can keep scrambling and make finals, and he can, you know, have an impact on the big stage. Yeah, well, they're not going to be winning the flag. They're not going to be going too deep into the end of the season purely because of zero and five. But they took care of the Giants, fifty-five points. Whether that hurts McVeigh's chance of a full-time coaching gig, I'm not too sure. But he's been. They've gone three and four since he took over. So uh, I think that's a pass mark. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they've got a. Their top-end talent still very good. Their depth, to me, you know, is a bit yeah. suspect. Yeah, it's just a question of, look, I think Clarkson, as I said before, he, he's the guy that if, if they want, uh, he wants them, they want him, it'll happen. The marriage will be consummated. <sighs> very good. The marriage will be consummated. Just like the, uh, a couple of belters at Shelter, there'll be maybe some consummations going on there, mate. Yes. Uh, Essendon defeated Brisbane by 10 points. Oh, well, they, Both we, picked Brisbane. Let's put a caveat on this. What? Um, we knew there were a few players that we knew that at the time Rich was going to be missing and Zorko because of injury. Yes. Didn't know half the team was going to be out because of H and S. There protocols. was nine in the end. There was eight and then uh, there was a late withdrawal as well. Yeah, so they were completely undermanned. And, and it actually goes to show what happened to West Coast early in the season. Yep. You lose that number of players, doesn't matter who you're playing. And Essendon, let's be honest, up at the Gabba, full strength, Brisbane wins, I think, by seven, eight goals. And, and not the rest. 95 out of 100 times, probably. Yeah, so, look, congratulations to Essendon. 
fantastic performance. Interesting, they used to tag uh, the Bombers on Lockie Neal. And, yep. um, his last three outings for Brisbane against Essen, 41-2, and 37-2, 33-2, two, and, two, and, two, and 40 despite. Like, he's been just racking them up. And Caldwell, I think, had the job on him. Kicked a super goal late to ice the game. Yeah. That was a, a good decision by Rutten to to put him there and obviously he created some of his own ball as well. And that's the blue collar stuff that I think Rutten's been trying to get in is that role playing ability in their midfield, especially some accountability. Parrish doesn't play. He's out with a calf for maybe three or four weeks. Um, but but Parrish and Merritt and these guys, uh, if you had a knock on them, it would be their defensive accountability probably. Yep. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, to have someone come in and play a role um, to tag, you know, Talking about Brownlow medalists, he's he's a Brownlow medalist. Had a chance at, this year, yeah, having a very good year. So to shut him down, um, take him out of the game, uh, Peter Wright, he's having a great year. He's like Rory Lobb for mine. He's been sort of much maligned probably for his career. Big five, so yeah, he another five goals for him. Yeah, it's extraordinary what he's done at Essendon. And look, we knew that he had the, always had the height, always had that advantage over every opponent he comes up against. Yeah. But now kudos to him. I've played on him quite a few times in, in the much maligned period. And the knock and the, the way I used to prepare for him was you could always take his body um, away from the, the flight of the ball. So when I used to play and, and prepare to play on people, there were certain guys you could take off the line of the footy. So um, some guys used to just like running, straight line, straight at the footy, to take a big, big, big run and jump at it. Some guys were very easy to move away from that just by a couple of degrees and then it was all over. Ben Brown was very similar. He used to play the same way. And it looks like he's got stronger and so he can't be moved off the flight. He's too tall. You mm. can't spoil against him. And chopping the arms. You got yeah, As a correct. defender, you're almost helpless. So that, that, that's, um, that's not necessarily you know, um, you know, gym strength. It's almost like a mental strength. If you get contact before you're about to jump, can you hold your body? You know, the best forwards do it. Josh Kennedy, you can't get him out of the way. Whatever he wants to do, he does. So it looks like Peter Wright's figured that out. It looks like Rory Lobb's figured that out as well. Yeah, exactly. And reminds me of uh, going back again, well before your time, but Paul Salmon, with the so- uh, size that he had at Essendon, just defenders just had no answer to him. So well done, Essendon. They get a victory up at the Gabba. And I'll tell you, the Dockers were barracking pretty hard for... Uh, the Bombers up there as well. Yeah, correct. They'll be happy with that result. Now, Hawthorne defeat Adelaide in the last game of the round here. 32 points to the Hawks. Uh, Captain Ben McAvoy returns from a broken neck, effectively. Big boy McAvoy. Yeah, big boy McAvoy. So I think it was a bit of a game lifter for Hawthorne. A young side, you do need motivation elements for them. Talking about forwards that are kind of elevating their game to a new level, Mitch Lewis kicks uh, five goals again. People are talking about Mitch Lewis... All Australian contention. Yeah, I'm actually thinking big picture. And look, Hawthorne's had Buddy. They've had, you know, Dermot, Roughhead. Is he going to be, I mean, not saying he's going to be as good as those players, but he's their next big thing, isn't he, in terms of a forward. And we've seen it with Carlton, uh, St Kilda, Gold Coast with with the King boys, obviously. Bulldogs as well, Norton. Norton, yeah. yeah, It's just so important to have a player of that quality, and that's exactly what Mitch Lewis is. Five goals. Look, the game... The interest factor not high given the latter positions, but Hawthorne, uh, after some sort of poor performances, I guess, uh, unable to get a victory for a while, that was pretty much done and dusted early, that one. It was. That's the wrap of the round here on the Shoulder Footycast with Mark Reddings, Will Schofield. All right, we need to start getting some of these slabs out there. Shelter XPA X Factor. We're going to get some of them out to the boys. Here in Western Australia, we give away the X Factor of the round. Now, West Coast, if they had of 
played footy for the first or the last quarter, we might have been able to get it to a West Coast player. But I think we're going to get it to another Frio player. I'm going to give you three, and it's going to be on you. This is the 24 cans of Shelter XPAs are going out to someone of your choice. Sean Darcy. So he has uh, over 20 touches. Uh, no, no, under 20 touches. He kicks two goals, plays against two very good ruckmen. He has almost 30 uh, hit outs, plays on Marshall, plays on Ryder. Very good game. A nice little dribbler goal on his left foot as mm. well. Andy Brayshaw, uh, big game from the midfielder. We've spoken about him. Big last quarter when it counted as well. And, of course, Nat Fife with the three goals as a bit of a hybrid mid forward. Who have you got? Who's getting the slap today? Well, it's a strategic call because, look, Brayshaw, to me, the type of guy that's going to have a shelter – he does 100-metre 100, sprints on Christmas Day, so I don't strike as someone who's going to have a drink between now and October. Okay. Uh, so I'm just just for this particular pride, Nat Fife associated with a, another brewery, so we're going to leave him out for the time being as well. So Very good. There's, there's Maybe, a, that could be funny, though. <laughs> that's, that's, a that's a punishment for Nat Fife. Yes. Um, I reckon Sean Darcy will actually get and just crack it open, maybe on a on a, a day break, and just just ha- just sit. He's a country boy, and I can see him just sitting back and having a beer and thinking, "Yep, I don't mind these." And I'll go down to Bustleton and uh, and have uh, a good look at this joint. I absolutely love every bit about this. We're giving out the XPAX factor on beer drinking ability, <laughs> not footy ability. Sean Darcy, Geelong boy, I might add. Yes, so that that would explain. And, it. and he speaks. He's good fun to listen to. You know what they do well in Geelong? They what? Wear, wear moccasins and they drink piss. That's what they do in Geelong. And you brought that that complete uh, genre to WI, which you haven't uh, changed from, which you've been very loyal to that. Yes, very good. Sean Darcy gets the X Factor XPAs from Shelter. Well done, Sean. We'll get some of them out to you. Now, I'm a bit excited about this one. You haven't seen this, Skeet, so don't scroll down too quickly. I wanted to surprise him here. Um, if you want to send in an email to us, Regional Footy Roundup, we want your regional footy stories. We had a few this week, and we've picked the very best of them for a slab footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Look, if you send them to Backchat, we'll actually get them there. So if you want to send them to Backchat, send them over there. You know what to do there. Follow us on socials here, though, Shelter Footycast, or send us an email, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. Now, the very best regional footy story of the week here. You're going to like this, Skeet. Matt O'Donoghue sends it in. G'day, Matty. He says, g'day, fellas. Got a fun footy story for you. I hired a young bloke at the start of the year who now plays for... Dan Darrigan. In the WICFL. Thank you very much, Mark Rennings. Now, on the weekend, they came up against Cervantes. He got to the ground, and who does he see warming up? None other the, than the, the Frenchman. Than the king of Cervantes himself, Mark Lacroix. That's right, the Frenchman. Apparently, wasn't named in the initial squad, so Ooh, a bit of a controversy. Like daggers. <laughs> Is that a thing in regional footy? Like, oh, it wasn't on the team sheet. <laughs> Can't blame him. Wasn't named on Thursday night. So, anyway, they decided to put someone on him and wear him like a glove for the game to nullify his influence. By half time, scores almost level, and the Frenchman barely got his hands to it, so he kicked one in the first uh, first half from a free kick. He was clearly still thinking about his boat or his next fishing adventure. By full time, Cervantes had gone on to win by 17 goals and Mark Lecroix finishes the game with 10, 10. 10 goals. So Lecker 
has, has he started pretty poorly. He was uh, off his off his uh, off uh, his game a off bit. Off his game a bit. I've given Leck a text actually just to confirm this story because it's he, true. I've heard it. I've heard it well, elsewhere as he well. Was, yeah. He was out driving around. He's taking the kids in the caravan. He'd done all Australia. I said, mate, what's going on here? Is this is this fact or fiction? He said, my cousin wrote me in the day I got back. So we got back uh, on the Friday. Um, I said no, but they put me on the team sheet anyway. <laughs> Had to borrow some other bloke's boots because I didn't have any of my own. I was a bit worried at quarter time after not running or drink and drinking piss for the four months prior. Finished with 10 though, so don't worry about it. I've still got it. <laughs> so there you go. Matty O'Donoghue, you get the slab of shelters. Very yeah, good. well done. And of course, uh, Mark LaCroix, we've just, and part of that text <coughs> suggesting that uh, he kicked against Essendon, was it 12? Yes. At Marvel Stadium, already had stadium back then. This he's put down as his second best career wow. highlight. Ten goals for Cervantes. Uh, nine and a half then, obviously. I said, I said, um, he's got a shit haircut. I said, you look like an absolute dickhead, mate. He looked like Kyrgios. And he said, uh, no worries, I'll be playing next week and I'll kick 15 for you. No worries, get you some more stories. Nicely so, played. So there you go. Um, uh, that's. Uh, I, I do have one last listener question for you. Yep. This is from Tommy Strauss. He sent this in. Um, you can send these in, shelter, shelter footycast. Uh, sorry, shelter at shelterfootycast.com.au. I'm just going to read the first part because I'm interested. G'day, gents. Just curious as to how Mark Reddings has the nickname Skeet. Because, Skoa, you talk about... Skeet all the time on the Shelter Footycast episodes. Is this a PG story? Or? Yeah, it is. I get asked this so many times. And, I, you know, when I didn't nick- know nicknames, you have no control over what happens. Anyway, going back, days at Channel 9, Michael Thompson, myself worked together. Uh, in fact, listening to the ABC back in the day, going back 20 years ago, they used to have Round the Groundsman. And it used to be uh, someone like uh, Sam Newman might be, for instance, at, at Cadinia Park. They might have... Uh, Peter Booth do something. Dipper Mackay. These sort of guys. And then they go uh, to Skeeter Coglin at, um, at Victoria Park. And so we'd muck around in the, in the newsroom and we'd just joke about it. And then Tom would say, uh, Skeeter Reddings uh, at Victoria Park. I go, thank you, Tom O. It's 4 2 26 Collingwood Fitzroy 1 2 8. Thank you, Skeeter. And it's stuck. And I have no idea how. You know, nicknames sometimes you don't know. It's got no relevance to anything untoward. All I do know is that Skeeter Coglin, who was the around the groundsman, he did like piss and punting. So <laughs> maybe that inadvertently has uh, has been labelled on me. Oh, it's very good. Uh, that, a, does that sum it up? It's uh, nothing, nothing yeah, untoward. You love the piss and the punt. That's what I got out of that story. <laughs> <laughs> Socials, you can follow us. Shelter Footycast on Instagram, YouTube. You know where to find us. You can search back chat. Shelter Footycast. Find us all there. It's been fun today, Skeet. Well done. Pleasure. Skeet. There you go, Skeet. Right there. Nicely played. The piss and the punt. Thanks, Nick Curios. <laughs>
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.